We are halfway through the bye week. Welcome to the Steinberg Show. No Steinberg today. Peter Klein with you from the Basement Systems downtown studio. Riley Pollock hanging out in the other studio. I guess we're we're all in the same studio, but a different room, and I can't see Riley at all. Riley, how are you today? I'm doing good. It's a uh, it's a good day. I don't know why, but it is. No, it's a good day. I mean, there's not a lot hockey wise to talk about, but still, sun is shining. Almost feels like spring. Larry Walker's still going into baseball's Hall of Fame. It's getting a touch of feeling like baseball weather-ish outside. Like, it's feeling like spring training weather a little bit, which is getting me all excited about that. So, very much looking forward to that. But yeah, no, Riley, I'm with you. It is a good day today. Uh, I want to ask the people on the uh, the, fi- the fine fan feedback line. Definitely could have said that easier. That wouldn't have made me sound like an idiot. How are you guys taking in sports this week? Because there's a few ways you could go about it. It's like, all right, man, just give me whatever hockey is on. Boston, Vegas, hook it to my veins. Let's get after this. Scout the competition. Let's see. There is the earning brownie points with, you know what? I just, I don't think we're spending enough time together. Let Have you been to a paint night? Let's do a paint night. You could try to play it that way. Or it could be, well, there's no hockey. What other sports exist on this planet? Oh, well, the Raptors are playing the 76ers tonight and Zion Williamson's coming back. I want to know how you guys are, are taking it all in. Because for me, um, it's been a lot of, well, hey, getting caught up on my, my NBA watching over the, the last little bit, which has been fun. Although I don't really know if any of you are super excited about a Zion Williamson breakdown for 12 minutes before we get to a couple guests that we have coming up in the hour. Our weekly catch up with the Calgary Roughnecks coming up at 1.45. And uh, a guest who is very well versed in fisticuffs. Coming up at one uh, about one thirty. Couple texts nine six zero nine six zero already coming in. Someone saying Netflix. That's how they're taking in sports this week. If you just want like just a week off, you know what? Flames are out of it. We've been talking a little bit about how inconsistent they've been. It's been quite the journey for the Calgary Flames so far. I could totally understand how you just want okay, full on detox. Let's take a break. Get mentally set for the second half of the season. I am very much looking forward to this uh, Connor McDavid uh, documentary that is coming up, I believe, tomorrow as uh, we head toward the All-Star break on the recovery and apparently quite a few interesting details on that. Also looking forward to that sparking the, oh, it's a dirty plant by Giordano. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun over the, the next few days as well. Apparently, 960 was brought up in a thing the other day. I don't particularly care, but... It's it's a strange time for the National Hockey League right now with pretty well everyone on a break. couple games to run through from last night's schedule. And once again, the Boston Bruins with kind of a, hey, I know, yeah, Crosby over there. That thing's been really awesome. We're still really good over here as they pick up a 3-2 win over Vegas. Uh, they split a home-and-home home with the Pittsburgh Penguins over the, the last couple games. This is still a team that's only lost twice on home ice in regulation this season. It's January. They they have 31 games left, 17, 2, and 9 on home ice this season. Now, that's a lot of losing in overtime and in shootouts, which is weird because you would just think, all right, Marshawn, Bergeron, Pasternak, well, probably don't need a defenseman out there, so let's just go score a goal 25 seconds in and call this a night, shall we? But for whatever reason, uh, overtime and shootouts seems to be a bit of an issue. Still, though, twice in regulation on home ice this season. And I do think that for the first time in a while, 
the discussion about who's the best team in the NHL is actually pretty interesting. Last year, Tampa Bay just completely ran away and hid. This year, they got off to a bit of a slow start. They find themselves eight points back of Boston for top spot in that Atlantic division. Washington is kind of the team no one's talking about in this discussion. Pittsburgh, I think, deserves to be there because of the work they did without Sidney Crosby. The Blues kind of have that cup thing, so they probably should have that. And Colorado is, I think, in that discussion as well. I don't think anyone else is in there. And Boston had kind of fallen out of it a little bit. And you do start to wonder about how the Boston Bruins are going to handle the second half of the season. They are eight points up on Tampa Bay for top spot in the Atlantic Division. They are still one point back of Washington for first in the entire National Hockey League. How much, though, does that really motivate you going into this? And this will be an interesting test for this Boston team. The big difference between Boston this year and Tampa Bay last year I think you have enough guys on this Boston team that know how to flip that switch. We haven't really seen them run away. Although last year, like no, Toronto wasn't catching them for second. They weren't catching Tampa Bay for first. You could argue they didn't have a ton to play for either. But we have seen in this fine city and many others that it can become a bit of a trap when you don't have a lot to play for down the stretch and then you get into the playoffs and all of a sudden you have to flip that switch and here we go. If the playoffs were to start today... Uh, they would be taking on the Carolina Hurricanes in round one. I still feel pretty good about the Boston Bruins in uh, a seven-game series against Carolina, even if they're having trouble flipping that switch. But I do wonder about Boston and if they're going to fall, even with all the experience they have, if they're going to fall prey to the didn't have a lot to play for down the stretch, now it's playoff time. And there's a bit of a speed wobble here. I don't think so because of the experience, but this will be an interesting test to that theory. If Boston, with all the experience, all the Stanley Cups, everything they have, if Boston even falls prey to that, I don't know how you fix it. Uh, there's no, I don't even know if it's a situation that needs fixing. It's just, hey, be better in these situations. But at that point, the argument is basically done, right? Like if even Boston can't figure that out, it's okay, well, look, lose all your games in the first half and try to catch up in the second half and make sure you have something to play for down the stretch. Because if that team can't even figure out, I don't know who else is doing it. Uh, a couple other notes from the NHL last night. The Islanders just keep winning. That's not necessarily a surprise. It's a big win for Carolina with no Dougie Hamilton. I wonder, where does Carolina fit in? Because that, that playoff race in the Eastern Conference is going to be a lot of fun as we head down the final 30 games of the season. You have Carolina first, in the wildcard race. Carolina and Columbus. The Blue Jackets are tied with Philadelphia. Um, for the, the last playoff spot. And then Toronto's three points out. Buffalo, I don't necessarily consider them in. Nine points out. But you have a Columbus team that lost everything last year. Or last offseason. And are now, hey, look at this. Still hanging around. By the way, want it to happen because of the Matt Duchesne thing. You have Philadelphia, who forever is just always in this battling for a wild card spot zone, it seems. And you kind of want them to get in because that's a fun franchise to get there. Carolina with the Dougie Hamilton injury. The Leafs don't really seem like a team that should be in this area code. And we'll, we'll have James Myrtle on with Pinder a little bit later on today. But I wonder, like, is this just backup goalie and you lost Morgan Riley? 
Is that what's going on now? This is where things in the standings can kind of skew what you're looking at because you see Toronto three points out of a playoff spot. Wow, what's going on with the Leafs? Is is everything? Is it time to panic in Toronto? Okay, well, what 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 actually is their record? Twenty five, seventeen, and seven puts them at fifty seven points. Their goal differential is plus eleven. And then okay, well that's that seems okay. Let's see how that be doing. Oh, they would be second in the Pacific Division and have a better goal differential than everyone bent Vancouver. Okay, so things are probably fine in Toronto. Think, things are probably okay. Not necessarily a need to panic, but it's the company that you're around changes things a little bit. If Winnipeg was having their same season in the Eastern Conference, you start to be very concerned about where the Winnipeg Jets are going, but because it's the kind of mediocre wildcard race, they're only three points back. The Chicago thing would kind of be a non-story. They lose last night after the fight, so there goes the this spark to the team thing. But they would still be in the seller's discussion instead of, hey, could they make a, a bit of a push here? So you get into a number of different conversations about where the standings are, how this playoff format is set up. I still think it's fun because you get to the first round of the playoffs, and if they were to start today, Colorado-Dallas would be an unbelievable series. Edmonton-Calgary, we know that probably wouldn't suck. Uh, Tampa, Florida, and Pittsburgh, the Islanders, I could probably take it or leave it on either of those, but we've had a, par- a couple pretty good ones out east, and the potential would be there for Tampa Bay-Toronto in round one. You could also get a Pittsburgh-Philly in the first round, which absolutely signed me up for. So it's a tricky just kind of situation to, to work your way through because it does seem wildly unfair that the Flames wouldn't even be in the playoffs in the east and are a win away from having home ice in the first round in the Pacific Division. I do think at some point, some league is going to go to screw divisions, screw all of it, same schedule for everybody, and top 16 move on. I I do think that we're going to see that someday. I don't mind this one from the NHL. I mean, just like, it's supposed to be pretty tough to get that Stanley Cup thing. They carve your name into it at the end, so it's not supposed to be just absolutely handed to you. Sometimes things aren't fair, but it does seem a little bit unfair with how everything is stacking up. Uh, a couple more texts, 960-960. We are discussing how are you taking in sports over this week with the Flames not being involved because they are on an, uh, they're on a bye. Uh, actually happened to PVR, the Flames-Oilers game for my son and daughter. Watched it again last night. There you go. That's just good parenting. Australian Open, I could get behind that. Milos Raonic moving on, as you heard in Riley's update. No hockey, no sports during the week. Taking a break until 24 hours of Dayton on the weekend. Don't know what that is, but go for it. Uh, I've been watching a lot of my wife's shows this week. Always good uh, to get a few of those in the bank. That is, it's just smart. It's like, yeah, of course, I will watch this 600-pound life marathon with you. So that... When we get to May, I can bring that up. And like, yeah, I know this is kind of going late. And yeah, there's a lot going on. Uh, do you remember when I watched all of those shows? Because gross. And I should never have had to do that. Got to build those points up. So I'm, I'm with you on that one. That's kind of been where I've been over the, the last little bit. It's like, yeah, we can. Sure. Another Queen Latifah movie. Who can get enough of Queen Latifah? Why? Why wouldn't I do something along those lines? Uh, Royal Rumble for me on Sunday. Preach. Watching old Royal Rumbles. There you go. 
League of Legends Esports League all just started, so I'm hyped. Whatever works for you. And uh, I did a puzzle. It was awful. Funny ones keep coming in, uh, and they keep kind of getting me with those. This is one on the talk of the mediocrity in the West compared to not quite as much in the East. Is it fair to consider West teams extra travel? And sure, I'm, I'm sure there are a number of different factors that you could go through each team's schedule and say, okay, well, this team has a, a lot of extra travel and this team, oh, they had a lot of back-to-backs this year. You could go through everyone and try to figure it out. And that does become a bit of a hiccup when you're saying, okay, same schedule for everyone. Well, you're going to have inherently some disadvantages in that. And you can never absolutely make everything perfect. You have the same discussion when it comes to the salary cap and places with state tax and places without. And, well, well, just have a salary cap that's going to, that fluctuates from team to team. So they lose that advantage. It's like, okay, well, at some point you have to understand it's kind of dope to live in California. And it's pretty sweet being in Florida, especially if you're crazy. But at some point, every time you try to equalize something, there's another variable that comes in. And at some point, you kind of got to realize it's just not always going to be fair. And that's something that it's a tough to wrap your head around, especially if you're one of those disadvantaged teams. And B, when you're trying to fix all this stuff, at some point, it's just, okay, what we have is fine. You're never going to get perfect. You're going to get good enough. And I think right now, the system... I would categorize it as good enough. It's fun. It's entertaining. We get to the playoffs and everyone hates each other for at least a couple rounds and you get wild upsets like like we saw last year. And that's, it's honestly a a situation that I've had some trouble with because I'm, I'm very much equal schedule for everyone. And part of that is growing up a Blue Jays fan and you have to pay the Yankees 18 times a year. That's, oh, you got to play the Padres. Cool, man. Awesome. And it's, it's, it's a little unfair that you're all competing for the same thing, but your path there is a little different. But the more you look at the different variables that come in, the more you realize it's always going to be unfair. It's just going to be different levels of unfair. All right. Well, we have to have a salary cap. So everyone's paying the same. Well, I mean, taxes are different. Well, how can we compete with the lifestyle in Vegas? Are we just going to put every team in New York and just call them the Calgary flames and play it like that? Cause otherwise At some point, there are going to be advantages, and there are going to be disadvantages. A lot to get to on the show today, both here in the uh, the Steinberg Show, and then coming up on Pinder and Steinberg. And one thing we are very much looking forward to, it's been about a month since Pinder's done this, it's Wild Card Wednesday. 2.30-ish on Wednesdays, Pinder, Steinberg, myself, Riley, uh, Overshare, quiz each other on all kinds of topics, sports-related or definitely not sports-related, and it's all brought to you by OddsShark.net, your free source for the latest odds, stats, and trends. Before the game, head to OddsShark and start playing like a shark today. There's a big moment in boxing in this city coming up in the next month as a kid from Calgary going to be fighting for a North American championship. Big-time business happening in this city. We will chat with the man who has the biggest fight of his life coming up next. Here on the Steinberg Show on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Oh, the music for the Steinberg Show. Uh, welcome back, everyone. No Steinberg today. Peter Klein with you from the Basement Systems at Downtown Studio 
here in downtown Calgary. Coming up next month, February 15th, at the Deerfoot Inn and Casino, it is another edition of Dakota Contender. And on this show, uh, one local fighter can go from contender to champion. He joins us on the program now, uh, Devin Reddy. Devin, how are you today? Not too bad, yourself? I'm doing pretty well, thank you very much. Um, we, we've chatted before a few fights of yours, and I, I've been lucky enough to, to call a couple fights of yours as well. This one's a little different, though. There, there's a, a belt on the line on this one, and not just a random one. It, the North American belt on the line, the Canadian Professional Boxing Council um, putting this all together. It, it's kind of crazy that you're going to be in a, a title fight. How are you feeling now just less than a month out? Um, I'm feeling great. Um, I'm feeling very confident. Training camp's going well. Um, I'm very, I'm uh, very, very motivated because of the title. It definitely has a different vibration to it. Um, I know that it's just going to be very important to open up some some uh, bigger doors in the future. So I'm, I'm uh, really looking forward to it. You mentioned this opens up some bigger doors, and that's where I wanted to go with this next question, because a win here is a very big step towards some big things for you in the future, in 2020 and beyond. Is it tough to not think about what could be ahead if you win this fight and just focus on this fight? Yes, yes, it is tough, um, because it's, uh, it's the, you're chasing the shiny thing, and, and, you know, and you know what could happen if you win this fight. And, um, you think a lot, yeah, you think a lot about that and you really use your imagination and think about which fights he could possibly get and stuff like that. So yeah, it's, uh, but no, I have to stay focused on this fight. I take it one fight at a time every time. And, uh, I'll let myself think about that for a little bit. I'll give myself a little bit of thinking time to think ahead and then I'll get right back to focusing on my opponent in front of me and focusing on the immediate task. Physically, uh, about a month out, how how you feeling going into this fight? I'm feeling great. Um, I had a lot of uh, back issues in the past, and uh, we're really taking care of those. I've got some good physio, good massage that's taking care of it, and uh, I think we we definitely have a grip on it now. So now I, my training isn't restricted. Um, I can train for ten rounds, spar for ten rounds, uh, run as hard as run as hard as I want, do as much conditioning as I want. So, you know, it's, it's really going to make a huge difference for this, for this fight. And conditioning is going to be important, as this will be your first 10-round bout. Uh, we're just a, a couple fights removed from your first career eight-round bout. Um, how, how does going and preparing for 10 rounds affect the training camp? So, yes, uh, conditioning is very important, but mostly it's about being relaxed, and that's... Uh, what we're working on, uh, coach, my coach Doug Harder is really getting me to, to. Uh, it, there's a whole mental aspect behind going, going that many rounds, and it's more of a chess match. It's spread out. You don't have a bunch of rounds to show the judges what you don't have. I mean, sorry, uh, um, only four rounds or six rounds to show the judges what you, what you've got. You got to, um, you got to spread it out through ten rounds. You got to set set things up for later. You have to think about the the full duration of the fight. And a lot of that is being relaxed. A lot of that is is you know taking a deep breath in the fight. A lot of it is uh, really slowing things down for yourself, using your using your defense, um, slowing the fight down. It's a, it's just a totally different ball game, and it's mostly mental than it is actually physical. The opponent coming up on February 15th, uh, his name, who I'm definitely going to butcher, uh, Victor Rangel, 
is the the opposition. How much do you know about your opponent going in, and how much do you want to know, and how much of the the preparation is just based on what you're going to do? So we usually look at footage a little bit just to get a general idea of what he does. But uh, each each every fighter, each training camp's different. Each fight is different. So people do. You'll see somebody, maybe you'll watch somebody fight on YouTube. You have no idea what the circumstances behind it were. Perhaps they had an injury or perhaps that was their best fight of their life. Perhaps they had other problems or things going for them. You never know. Um, They work on different things. They maybe corrected things. So you just get a general idea of what they do, what their style is like. And uh, you go from there. Uh, Victor is, is uh, very experienced. He's got a record of, uh, I believe 17 and five. And he's, uh, He's only been stopped once, and he's been in against a lot of top names around North America. He's very experienced. He's gone 10 rounds multiple times. So this is going to be uh, uh, definitely a different uh, hump to get over. And, uh, yeah, so we, we know what he's like. We know he comes to fight. He's a bit of a brawler, but he also has some, some uh, slick tricks that he does. So we know what we're in for. As you look back on your career leading up, to this point uh, in what is a, a pretty important moment in your career. Is, is there a, a fight or a moment that you look back on and think, okay, that's when I knew I was ready to take a pretty big step. I would say my first time going eight rounds, uh, I went fought a, a guy who's been that many rounds before. I had a lot of hard, uh, I had a really rough training camp with some injuries so I wasn't sure about if I was uh, conditioned well enough. It was a big mental barrier for me to break through. I went in, I did the eight rounds, and I could have gone even, I could have, yeah, I won the eight rounds easily. I could have um, pushed it even a little bit more, and uh, I could have perhaps even stopped him, but I was just too a little too cautious. So then it was super easy for me going to eight. So in this one, I'm having a better training camp. Uh, so I, I, that's how I know I'm I'm best prepared for it is because, it's it's all mental and it's it's harder than you think but also easier than you think it's a it's a weird a weird weird way to it so just looking back on your resume my, my favorite fight of yours that i had the chance to uh to be a part of the commentary team on was the the fight with flavio michelle back uh late in 2018 that was one where it was more than just, here's a guy, I'm going to fight him. There was some animosity in that, and there was a lot of stakes involved on that. One of the, the bigger fighters from Calgary taking on one of the bigger fighters from Edmonton, and you end up winning with, with relative ease. How important was that fight for you, kind of propelling you to this moment coming up on the 15th? That, that was pretty important because of the, the stakes around it, the, the, uh, the best in the West. Uh, you always want to be the best in your region, right? And if you're not, then that's a huge, uh, that, that sets you back quite a bit mentally. So, you know, there's a lot of trash talk between us too. Uh, he was a big puncher. We, um, so the, there was a lot of emotion behind it. And I had to really make sure that I was centered and calm and didn't let any of that stuff get to me. I still engaged in the trash talk just for the sake of doing it, but I didn't um, get amped up or anxious or, or off my game because of it. I just treated it. I had to treat him just like a another. I had to go into it objectively, just like another fight. And uh, um, there was all those social media buzz, and and uh, the crowd was really buzzing for that fight. You can sense the tension and everything. But I just had to focus on just the fight. We had a game plan that we came up with for for 
um, Flavio, and uh, we carried out carried it out to the T, and it worked, and the fight went how we expected. And hopefully the next one goes the same way. It goes down Saturday, February 15th at Deerfoot Inn and Casino. Devin, thanks for taking the time today. I know you're a, a very busy man, so we appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Yeah, of course. There you go. Uh, Devin Reddy is uh, getting ready for a championship bout. Uh, North American belt going to be on the line in our city coming up on February 15th. He joins us on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. The same secret recipe since 1975. For pickup or delivery, call 403-248-3344 and find them at 6060 Memorial Drive in the Northeast. Bit of a setback for the Calgary Roughnecks. They will look to bounce back as uh, the season continues. We will get caught up with the Roughnecks next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Riley Pollock, second time's the charm, sir. Well done. Give yourself a round of applause. Or don't, because I don't want you to screw anything up with this. Yeah. It was it was very tricky. You tried this last week and it was just silence. Was brutal. Yeah. Which was hilarious. Um but yeah, nailed it. Time to get caught up with the Calgary Roughnecks. Very pleased to be joined by one of the newest members of the Calgary Roughnecks, although I feel bad talking over the goal song. Um, it is Zach Harrowires. Zach, did I come close to pronouncing the name right? Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Nailed it. All right, good. I feel good about that. Um, so uh, <laughs> first off, Welcome to the team. Uh, new team, how's it been going so far, getting acclimated to things with the Roughnecks? Thank you. I uh, appreciate the start off. Um, it's been good. Um, you know, I come in a couple weeks ago, and um, the guys have been pretty good to me and kind of welcomed me with open arms when I first come in. And I was able to actually get out to Calgary my first weekend there um, and get a couple of practices under my belt instead of going fresh into a game. So that always helps. Uh, do you uh, know anyone on the team before you, you came in? Um, yeah, actually Zach Courier. I used to play junior with Zach Courier. Nice. Um, back in the day and we actually lived together um in Peterborough. So oh, wow. I've known him for many years and I played against a couple of the guys growing up throughout my career, so how uh how was that living experience like? Were you guys both nice, tidy, responsible young adults or a little bit different? Yeah. Yeah, of course. And then we had uh Josh Courier, his brother with us too, so um, the house kind of got out of control sometimes. <laughs> I can only imagine. Uh, now, with, with the NLL coming into a, a new team, it's a little bit different than some of the other professional sports because it's not like you guys are around each other 24-7 like, like guys in the NHL or the NBA. It, it's Everyone kind of converges on the same area, you get a couple practices in, and then there's a game. Um, how, how did that affect kind of getting acclimated with everyone? Um, you know, I think the lacrosse world's very small. Um, you know, the guys stay in touch with each other and you know, we have our group chats and, um, you know, we're all always kind of keeping each other updated throughout, you know, the week and, um, and whatnot leading up to the weekends. So it's a little bit different, like you said, like the NHL and the NBA, but, um, you know, come, come the weekend when we're together, um, you really wouldn't be able to tell that, you know, we're not together during the week. Yeah. Um, that being said, you want to make a good first impression and scoring a goal in your first game certainly has to help. Hey. Eh? Yeah, it was nice to finally get one to drop. <laughs> um, the one of the the last firsts that you you have to kind of cross off the list now is playing uh, first home game. That's going to be happening soon. You excited to to get that done? 
Yeah, definitely. I um, Last year I was with Buffalo, and <clears throat> the year before that I was with Colorado, so I've played um, at the Saddle Dome, but I've never been on the home side, so I'm definitely excited that place. Um, it gets rocking in there, so I'm, I'm definitely excited, excited to be on the home side of things this time around. What was your thought of coming into the, the Dome as a, a visiting player? The, the atmosphere gets talked about a lot here in Calgary. What was that like coming in on the uh, the opposition side of things? Um, I mean, everyone, you know, if you have Calgary on your schedule and you're playing in Calgary, it's kind of one everyone circles on their schedule um, just because of the atmosphere. And, you know, it's a pretty crazy place and it's loud in there. Um, you know, it's much louder than I think most guys think it is. Um, but once you're on the floor, it's it gets rocking in there. So I, I really can't wait for this weekend to uh, to be on the good side of things. Now, for people who will be seeing you in a Roughnecks jersey for the, the first time, give, give us a bit of a, a scouting report. Well, what's your, what's your style and what can people expect to see from you in a Roughnecks uniform? <laughs> I just hope to bang bodies in the middle. And, you know, if I get my chances to put the ball in the back of the net, and that's, uh, you know, one thing at a time. Uh, the opposition this weekend, not not the easiest, as Halifax has been on a great run to, to start their franchise. Well, what have they been doing so far that's had them be so successful? You know, I think um, those guys have played together a long time. Um, that offensive unit is pretty lethal. Um, so coming in this weekend, we're going to have to, you know, be mentally strong and, you know, kind of listen to the coaches and they got a good scouting put together for us. Um, you know, I think that team can score in bunches and their goalie's been very, very good for them this year. I think he's been a big reason why they're on a winning streak right now and they haven't been beaten yet. Um, you know, but I think Coach Mowski will have us the offense dialed up and have some good scouting reports on him as well um, to let allow our offense to be successful. But I think the biggest thing getting to them is going to be getting to their goalie, um, who's basically he's been he's been lights out for them. So it's going to be a good one this weekend. Now, for you, let, let's go back a, a little bit. The lacrosse journey takes you to Loyola. It kind of seems like you, you hit the ground running a, as a freshman there, but what was the, the recruitment process like and what brought you to uh, – what what had you kind of decide on Loyola? Um, yeah, I mean, I went to high school at the Hill Academy with Brody and the Merrills, and, um, you know, that kind of kick-started my field lacrosse career. I never really played it when I was younger. Um, and I when I went down to Loyola, um, you know, Coach Toomey and Coach Dwan and – the atmosphere there that they bring, it's kind of a smaller school. Um, you know, it was kind of just, everyone used to tell me, you know, you'll know the feeling when you, when you want to make your decision. And sure enough, you know, it was the next day. I, as soon as I drove, we drove me and my father actually drove down to Baltimore. It was about a 12 hour drive. And as soon as we got home, I, when I woke up from sleep and I, I called coach to me right away and, you know, said I wanted to be a Greyhound. It's just, it's an unbelievable place. And, um, probably the best five years of my life I've ever spent there. Um, you know, and the, the memories there and, you know, the people I've met and um, the lacrosse side of things was, you know, unbelievable. It's a first-class place to play. Uh, and as we, we kind of mentioned before, the freshman year, like just right away, uh, you hit the ground running, leading a, a lot of freshman categories. How How is it similar coming in as a freshman to a, a program that's very well established, but you're kind of the new guy around compared to coming into a, a new professional environment as you've done now with the Roughnecks? Um, I think it's a little bit different, um, you know, coming into a professional side of things, um, you know, the talent level and, um, everything else is much, much higher than the college, um, aspect of things. So I think your biggest thing is, you know, you're not playing against, um, you know, younger guys anymore. You're playing against men, right? 
So I think that's your biggest adjustment, you know, coming to the professional level um, compared to the college when I first come in as a freshman then back in the day. Well, Zach, awesome stuff, man. Thanks for doing this today. Again, welcome to welcome to Calgary. Welcome to the Roughnecks. And uh, looking forward to seeing you play on uh, the home court coming up this weekend. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. There you go. Uh, Zach Harrowires joining us from the Calgary Roughnecks as they take on the Thunderbirds. It is the East Coast, uh, East Coast Kitchen Party uh, this weekend at the Dome. It is a 7.30 start. Uh, Riley, you've been doing some great work covering the Calgary Roughnecks for us so far this season. Uh, I, I don't want to just do the generic, so how's everything going? But uh, a tough loss last week, kind of important to bounce back on the home floor this weekend against Halifax. Yeah, they're two and three this season, and they've lost their three games by a combined total of three goals. Well, that's annoying. Yeah. So one of them was in overtime at home. Another one they scored with like 4.8 seconds left at home. So it's been tough. Like this team, a couple bounces the other way, could be 5-0 and this season. And they play a Halifax team who I believe is 5-0, and and they're a uh, expansion team. So it should be a good one. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. And we, we stress this a lot on, on these airwaves. Cannot stress enough. If you haven't been to a Roughnecks game, you're missing out. I'm not getting paid to say this or anything. This is just an absolute statement of fact. If you haven't been, you need to go. No one comes away from a Roughnecks game going, yeah, it was okay. It's so much fun. It's like, a blast. I, I had been to games before starting covering the team last year, and last year I legit fell in love with the sport. Like It's one of my favorite sports to watch live by far. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's an atmosphere that is second to none. The music playing the whole time. Uh, Mookie does a great job with the announcing all of it, like just uh, a phenomenal atmosphere that they set up there. And what helps team's pretty good. L like you mentioned, a couple bounces away from maybe being five and zero. it's a great value with, um, with ticket prices and everything. They do a great job surrounding the game. So cannot recommend enough going out and checking out the Calgary Roughnecks. Uh, a couple moments left here on the Steinberg show today. Again, we have a lot to get to when Pinder joins things coming up in a few moments. Also, do want to tell you guys that Lou's Mailbag is back. You can ask your burning flames question. See? Burning? Because it's flames. Anyway, sportsnet.ca slash 960. Tune in Fridays at noon to hear if Peter Labardius answers your question. If he does, you win a pair of lower bowl tickets to an upcoming Flames game and $100 gift card to Ruth's Chris. Lou's Mailbag brought to you by Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Making celebrations unforgettable is one of their many specialties. You bring the occasion, they'll bring the perfection. Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Pinder is here. We have a very busy show today. Wildcard Wednesday is back. Pinder has been out of it for about a month. We'll see if he's Wildcard Wednesday ready. Um, also, we continue on into the Flames bye week. We continue to look at Flames trade targets. That and a whole lot more as Pinder and Steinberg starts next here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.